Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Well, predictably, the Utes just take apart Bethune-Cookman, man. You pay a team to come in and take a beating, and they come in and take a beating. That league got up over 20 pretty quickly, and the Utes rolled to a win. Now, a little less predictably, the Niners just hand it to the Rams. I mean, the Rams were rolling there, and now they blow a winnable game against the Titans, and then they just get drilled by the Niners. Ooh. What a night. Uh, The Jazz back at it tonight in action at home against the Philadelphia 76ers. Now, Rudy Gay uh, went through a full practice. Uh, When will he play? It seems like he's getting closer. Not tonight, but it seems like he's getting closer to playing. Rudy Gay meeting with the media. Coming off heel surgery, here's Rudy Gay. You know, it's just a process. Trying to um, to get back and and get, you know, in with the players and figure things out after, you know, the season's already started. But, you know, it's a process. I feel good. My body feels good. And uh, I think uh, maybe on the court is, is, is can help this team. So. What's the best way you can help? I think it one. You know, I, I've always been the type of person that I do whatever, whatever the team needs. You know, uh, uh, this is my sixth year in the league, and uh, that's the only way you stay here. You know, do what the team needs. The teams will continue to want you. So, you know, I'm just going to continue that. Have you been told uh, a timeline of when you should be able to get back on into the game? Have I been told a timeline? No, I mean, um, you know, like I said before, you know, this is this is one of those things where we want to play for a long time. I'm just coming off of surgery, and, and the last thing I want to be is, is sidelined again because of it. So, you know, we're going to make sure that everything's right. Um, you know, we talked to coach and coaches, uh, you know, getting me acclimated without actually being on the court. Um, and I'm continuing to get stronger and stronger. So, you know, this won't be a problem. How's that going, getting acclimated without being on the court? What have you, know, you learned from Quinn? What do you learn from the team, your teammates and stuff? Do you feel like you'll be ready once you get on the court that you already have that chemistry with them? Well, I mean, um, you know, this is a group of good guys, a group of, you know, uh, really mature guys, the guys that have won and the guys that want to, have more success in this league. So, um, you know, they, they're definitely helping me get acclimated, you know, talking me through things. And, and you know, having Mike, you know, running the show helps a lot. That's a guy that I'm familiar with. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just, you know, and, and being a part of the league, like you kind of, I kind of know, you know, with this, I play against this team. I know that I know the personalities. I know I've guarded everybody. It's no different than what I just did in practice. So, you know, um, I think it'll be pretty easy. I wanted to ask you about your post-practice shooting sessions with Joe. Tom, first of all, just what's it like being with Joe? And and and, and as a follow-up to that, we heard from Quinn a few weeks back and, and from Joe that Quinn kind of arranged the two of you to be together because he felt like you guys would like rub off on one another and and, and it'd be like kind of a, an exchange. Of- We're just old. That's all. <laughs> What's, what, I can't what, say he looks older than me. Just, what, are, <laughs> what are these sessions like with Joe? Nah, you know, he it's, it's Joe. I think we all know Joe. You know, he, it's, it's, it's life, but yet it's competitive. Uh, I mean, really, Joe is one of the best three-point shooters in history. Like, I don't think people give him enough credit for that. And me just, you know, competing with him, you know, it really is it's still sharpening the steel. You know, I always, whenever I try to compete, I try to go against the best. And 
he is one of the best. And that's, that's you know, you could look at the, the record books and all. Like, he's up there. So uh, he knows that. I'm just saying that. <laughs> he, he's claimed that he wins nine out of ten. Is that accurate? Nine out of ten? Yeah. He's a good shooter. Bro. I'm not. Well, who am I? Shaq? I'm not. <laughs> it's competitive. <laughs> when you uh, practiced with the Stars yesterday, yeah. how was that? It was good just to get up and down and, and, and play some games and, and um, you know, just be against, you know, some different competition. Um, it's good. It's good to be out there. I mean, uh, it's, a, it's, it's, you know, it's a gradual, gradual. I think that was, that was one of those situations where I did that for me to, to you know, to, to build, build up my, my, my stamina and get my wind and, and also, um, you know, just try to try to work on new things. Was there any soreness? Um, the day after? No, I actually feel good. I mean, I'm an NBA player. I, I, it takes me 20 minutes to get warm to do anything. It took me 20 minutes to come in here to talk to you. <laughs> 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 but, uh, you know, I mean, the, the normal soreness. But right. My injury, my injury feels fine. Yeah. How much of your return now is based on your heel, and how much is just that from getting the conditioning back? I say it's more conditioning. Um, I think, you know, one thing about, I don't know if you guys know, but like this is this is something I'm going to have to train and, and, you know, all of us have things that we have to work on every day. So this is not going to, you know, as far as my training, it's not going to go away. I'm going to end up continuing to strengthen and do things like that. So these things won't be a problem. But, um, no, wind is definitely a, definitely an issue in, in Utah. <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. All right, there is Rudy Gay. We're going to take a break and switch over to some football. Blake Anderson, the Aggies do it again. Another double-digit deficit on the road and another comeback, come from behind win, but no drama to this one. They blow this thing wide open. Blake Anderson, two games away now from a division title at Utah State. He's next. Stay with us. It's game week for the Aggies, and the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. It's the final home game of the regular season for Blake Anderson and Utah State as the 8-2 Aggies welcome in Wyoming for a key Mountain West Conference showdown. Listen all week long for your chance to win tickets to the game and then catch all the play-by-play action beginning with the Aggie pregame show Saturday at 5. From Monday morning to all the play-by-play action, nobody brings you better coverage of Aggie football than 97.5-1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Purchase a Ford Fan Zone all-you-can-eat ticket to an upcoming jazz game and receive unlimited hot dogs, soda, popcorn, nachos, and ice cream, starting as low as $30 per ticket. Visit utahjazz.com or call 325-2999 to buy your Ford Fan Zone all-you-can-eat tickets now. Blake Anderson, Utah State football coach, will be joining us momentarily here on The Zone as the Aggies win again at San Jose State. PK, yeah. you were as bullish on Utah State as anyone I knew, and they are outstripping your expectations. I think you have to agree with that. Yeah, I think that is true. Uh, 5-0 on the road, that's just incredible. Yep. I mean, you look at that. So many, so many big wins, dramatic wins. They're not done yet, and Blake doesn't want to hear about it now, but this is a dream <laughs> season. Blake Anderson, Utah State football coach, joining us right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Coach, good morning. 
Good morning. When you're on hold and you hear PK say this is a dream season, and I don't disagree with him because, well, I agree with him. It is a dream season. What's your immediate uh, reaction? Not done yet. That's my <laughs> kid, Kobe. coach. <laughs> straight Kobe on you. Just um, still tons of stuff to do and finish. It's it all it all falls apart if we don't stay focused and just and keep getting better. You know, it's the best game we played. And it came at a great time in a really, you know, for us, a tough environment. I mean, you're playing the defending champs, and they're more than capable of, of working you over if you don't if you don't play well. And our guys responded. So you go right back to it and say, all right, now what? And it's um, a difficult team coming in from Wyoming that's physical and big, and we don't play our best ball. You know, all of it won't matter. We'll be watching somebody else play in the championship game in a few weeks. And that, that would certainly suck. I like that. I like that attitude. And when you talk about focus, I think focus and confidence sort of run hand in hand. If you have one, you have the other. And if you have uh, one, you might have the other two backwards and that vice versa type thing. Um, how has this team been able to grow in its focus, in its confidence? Because I've seen growth from where it was in September to where it is now. Yeah, a completely different team than we started with. Not not that obviously we we did some really cool things early, but uh, even I, I'm not even sure we expected it, and probably didn't. We just were trying to go out and be the best team we could, and little by little, team came together. And I don't even know if team really comes. To, I don't even think that's a good word. It's really a family, super close knit. I have uh, become very very um, a very tight locker room transfers you wouldn't know who's a transfer and who's not at this point it's just a bunch of guys that really are enjoying play and i don't know if y'all watch the video of the dudes dancing on the sideline the other night i mean they love what they're doing and so we've we've transformed in a lot of ways i think little by little the reality of what we have a you know opportunity to do is, is set in and we finally talked about it for the first time last week uh, and, I, and I feel like they handle it very, very well. I, I think it probably helped them to be able to to be able to start talking about. All right, coach, we know, you know, we all know where we're at, and we started talking about finishing the job and and getting better each week and being at our best. Uh, so it's been a process, and it's been fun to watch a very mature group of guys handle it the right way. So you do talk about all that stuff, and you want to get off to great starts, but for the fifth consecutive road game, you're down by double digits. It's 14 nothing in the second quarter, and you're laughing now. But I wonder if you're laughing on the sideline, because watching the game, I thought, I'm not biting. I know these guys can come back. And even I didn't expect you to score 24 points on four possessions and clearly be in control of the game at halftime. What, what were you thinking when it was going wrong, and what were you thinking when it starts to turn? Well... When it's going wrong, I'm like, well, it can't get much worse. We we just were making some very, very silly mistakes. Quarterback threw an absolute terrible ball. Obviously, our right tackle went down, and Cole came in, and and they've got a couple of the best pass rushers in the league. Forty, forty two is a freak. That dude can play, uh, and, and we knew that was going to be a problem. But I I don't know. It just you just felt like on the sideline and, and just in the stadium. I've been in a lot of them. You felt like we were right where we needed to be. The points weren't – 14 points wasn't going to win the game. And that we really were owning them up front defensively and that they were going to struggle. And that we were just a hair off on offense. We we had guys open. We had a couple – just like, all right, just hang tight. And as soon as we got the first score, 
it, our, our entire sideline just, just big sigh of relief. All right, here we go. Never got down, no, no arguing on the sideline. Really just guys picking each other up, defensive guys walking by the off. Hey, coach, guys, we got you. Don't worry about it. We got you. I never saw a panic. We haven't seen that all year. And in this particular environment, it was it was crucial. Uh, and then, the, man, from that point on, you're right. Forty eight to three. From that point on, it was about as good a butt whipping as you're gonna as you're gonna get. So it wouldn't be a Utah State game, particularly a road game, without you winning, without you coming from behind, and without Logan Bonner coming to come off the field with injuries, right? <laughs> yeah, he got hit pretty good. Uh, their their defensive front is really good, and have gotten to everybody. He got hit a few times. I uh, got to hit a few couple times late too, but uh, just keeps getting himself up off the turf. I, I, he was in here all day yesterday. Says he's he's fine. He's a, you know as like anybody, beat up, sore. Coach, I'll be fine. He's he's tough. He, that's the way he grew up, and uh, and he just can, continues to get up off the turf and and make plays. I was probably as pleased with the couple times that he moved the chains with his feet as I was any of the throws that he made, those came at critical times when the game was still absolutely in question. And one of them down in the, in the score zone that we, we absolutely had to have on an off schedule down. So he's um, beat up, but not, but, but not at a point where he can't be effective. The way I figure it, when he has a steak, he probably doesn't even cook it. (laughs) You may be right. I don't know. So we're all used to Devin Tompkins making plays, and he made more plays, five catches, 127 yards. It's just outrageous, 25 yards per catch. Uh, but I think if I remember one catch in that game a month from now, it's going to be Derek Wright's adjustment on the touchdown ball. That He's pinned against the sideline. The, the corner's got position. It might be an interception. Maybe he can break it up. And instead, he just pauses for an instant, knifes inside, grabs that thing and scores. I thought that was a terrific adjustment. Is that the kind of play that sends a jolt of energy through the entire sideline? Well, especially at that particular time. Yeah, we're up at that point, but it, it's still just kind of there at a, at a point where we need to stretch it out. And to make that, they got 13 guys on the field. We're able to get the ball snapped and get, them, get a free play. I think we, we may lead the country in free plays this year. Um, but I've had I've had seasons where we got those and it's just a five yard penalty. We've scored in that environment three or four, maybe five times this season, and that's just something you don't normally get. I, I told Derek he was just slow enough, just slow enough that he slipped right back inside. If he'd been if he'd actually been a fast wide receiver, he'd probably been way out in front of the guy. But he's just slow enough that he naturally just bent it back in and made the catch. He caught every ball thrown to him the other night. It didn't matter if guys were draped on him or not. I really thought he got his toe in on the other one uh, early or later in the game that was reviewed. Uh, just phenomenal hands, great, great, uh, just knack for finding the ball with traffic around him. He's done it every week. I know DT gets a lot of pub and he deserves it, but Derek has had a phenomenal season in his own right. Yeah, I was also going to speak to you about the collection of receivers. You're coming in. And we know about Tompkins. You knew about Tompkins. But as you look at it, you're not done yet. I understand that. To me, the collection of receivers and how good they've been has been a little bit of a surprise. How about to you? Well, I, I think we we felt like when we first got here and got out on the field, we we saw some some skill, but you didn't see a ton of catches on film by anybody. You know, Jordan Nathan was hurt all offseason, really never got to see him play. 
I think what we've got out of Griff, what Derek Wright has done, we knew what Brandon Bowling could do. I know the, the you know the fan base here really hadn't seen him. We knew what he would bring to the table, and even a guy like Kyle Van Leeuwen that had stepped in and made some huge huge catches. Uh, Carson Terrell at, at tight end has got great hands, and he kind of just always shows up when you need him most. I, I don't know that we really saw it being this diverse. We always try to use as many weapons as we can. I think it takes a lot of pressure off of everybody when you spread it around. But we've gotten some huge, huge catches from really each one of those guys in in big key moments when we had to have it. And you think about the big catch that McGriff had against Vegas that ends up extending a drive. Uh, the catch you just talked about, Derek Wright's had several of those this year in key games when guys draped on him, Brandon Bowling, same thing. Uh, the fourth down play that we got out of Carson Terrell against Air Force that, that allows us to – every one of those guys has stepped up. Uh, and that's really the how we want to do it. That's the way we plan it. But you don't always have that ability. So I, I think everybody in that group deserves a lot of credit for being ready when their number's called. So you got Wyoming coming up, and uh, you know on the surface, okay, they're five and five. Anything could happen. But they started four and zero, winning non conference games, and they got into conference and they've gone one and five. And just about the time you want to dismiss them, they beat CSU, and they beat CSU more decisively than the Aggies did. And then they played Boise State really close. They had a late turnover that kind of messed what up whatever chance they had there at the end of the game. So the last couple of weeks have been better. What do you see from Wyoming on film? Where where do they threaten you guys? You know they're really really big and physical, and, and that's not necessarily our our strong suit. We're quick, and, and it played in our favor this week against San Jose. Quick, fast, run well. But uh, this, you know, very similar to the issue we dealt with when we played Colorado State, these guys are going to pack them in, come straight downhill. They settled in on a quarterback, and and that's where you know they go into Colorado State and run the ball up and down the field against a very good Colorado State defense. They kept the total down the other night against Boise and played them well. I mean, they basically have a chance to go down and go ahead if they don't throw the pick. It, they they frustrated them all night, stayed in the game. So. It's a, it's an old-school, physical, uh, ball-control, field-position-type game that you're going to get played. And that's what Craig Bowles is about. That's how he won all those championships that, uh, before he became the head coach there, and he's kept them in a lot of games and, and frustrated the, the mess out of everybody in the league uh, with, with ball-control, defensive-minded, um, field-position football. And, and so we, we, we can't turn the ball over. We're going to have to match their physical nature of play. And I think their defense is really, really good. Maybe the best linebacker, one of the best linebackers in the country. The guy makes plays from sideline to sideline. And they will play man coverage and grab a hold of you and make you separate. And not anybody really in our league's done very well at getting away from them. So it's a, it's a huge game for us because it's the next one, but also the style of play is going to challenge us in ways that we really haven't been challenged in a couple of weeks. Will you talk to your team about making sure they handle the emotions of senior day? Yeah, we haven't really discussed senior day yet a whole lot. You got these super seniors that that kind of already went through this and got an extra year. But I think the, playing at home senior day and then the magnitude of what we're playing for—that's we're going to have to do a good job of controlling the emotions of the day, no doubt. Um, I mean, you, you never know exactly how each guy feels in that scenario. I remember my last game. I think most people do at, at home, and I'm hoping that we can maintain all that and, and still play really, really good ball and just 
take the next step. You'd like to build on what we did a week ago. Did you catch any of the San Diego State-Nevada game on film afterwards or see anything about that? No, you know, they were playing uh, as we were playing. Right. You know, John was on the sideline. He mentioned it. He mentioned the uh, the score and that it was tight and it was coming down to the wire, but we really didn't watch it. And, man, we didn't get back till 4.30 in the morning, so I, I moved straight on into to Wyoming as soon as I possibly could. But uh, I know there's – handful of teams on that side that are battling it out and playing great ball. I know there's still a couple big critical games to decide that that side of the league as well as ours. So nobody's nobody's in yet, and everybody's got to earn their way there. Coach, we appreciate a few minutes. Good luck against Wyoming. We'll keep following you and uh, and see how this shakes out with two games to go. Talk to you next week, guys, hopefully after a win. There's Blake Anderson. When we come back, Kalani Sataki and Kyle Whittingham. Next, stay with us. It's game week for the Utes, and the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. It's the biggest Pac-12 game of the year for Utah and a potential preview of the conference championship game as the Oregon Ducks come to Rice-Eccles Stadium for a showdown against the Utes. Listen all week for your chance to win tickets to the game and then catch the Ute pregame show Saturday at 4.30 with the postgame show immediately following the game. From Monday morning to the postgame press conference. Nobody brings you better coverage of youth football. You ready? Yeah! The 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Time to go up on the hill. Kyle Whittingham's press conference as his youth beat Arizona and get ready for the showdown with Oregon. Here's Kyle. Okay, uh, last regular season road game uh, last weekend. Um... Wasn't our best outing, but uh, another solid performance on offense. I thought we played really well on offense. Uh, nearly 470 yards, total low. Zero turnovers, uh, 38 points. 38, I think it was 38. And uh, just we're really on a, a really consistent path right now offensively, which has been really good. That's That's been uh, a very obviously positive part of, of uh of uh, the last seven games. Um, defensively, wasn't our best. Wasn't awful. Uh, 320-something yards. Um, it was like 22 points when you take away the block punt because that doesn't go on the defense. Um, and so, did, just softened the run early. That was, that was, the, that was the thing that really was... Uh, the biggest concern early in the game. We didn't play the run very well. Uh, special teams had another huge mistake uh, in the pump protection. Fortunately, didn't cost us the game. But uh, you'd think we'd have that solved by now, but apparently we didn't. And so back to the drawing board with that. I uh, got to coach it better. And uh, we got to find a way to, to protect our punter. Um, Oregon coming up, good football team, really good football team. Um, you know, top four, three or four in the nation. Um, Tons of talent across the board. Uh, the defensive end, both defensive ends actually, are tremendous players. The linebacker, uh, quarterback's a big, strong kid, runs the ball well. Uh, offensive line is, is talented. Skill positions are loaded and uh, doing a good job running the football. So we got our work cut out for us. Got them at home, which is a, a good thing. We're hoping Rice Eccles is, is rocking and everyone gets there early and gives us that uh, great home field advantage. And uh, so that's where we're at. Questions? 
What specifically went wrong in the punt? And how does it compare to what went wrong with Georgia State? Okay, well, we were uh, too deep with the punter's alignment, which allowed, you know, the geometry of the whole thing where the shield sits. You, you want your launch point to be at a certain spot so the outside rushers can't bend around. It's too tight of an angle, so we were, we were a little messed up there. Uh, we blew a protection on the left side. Um, we were supposed to block a gap, and we only blocked uh, half a gap, I guess you could say. And so that was the issue. But the ball came out in right around 2.0, which is about where you want it. You know, that's 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 uh, pretty typical for a for a uh, get off time and punt. But uh, we just uh, haven't done a good enough job coaching it. That's the bottom line. Kyle, do you expect uh, Nick Paul to play on Saturday? No more no more injury talk. Uh, even with season ending, because now that we're a week or two away, it doesn't make sense to tip the opponent at all. So we hope for the best. But uh, there'll be no injury updates the rest of the season. That's consistent with how we've operated the last several years. As we get down to the end, uh, we just kind of shut that off completely, uh, even the season-ending stuff. But we hope to have uh, more people available this week than we did last week. We'll see. Kyle, uh, TJ Blizzard ranks nationally in yards per carry. Um, what, what about his explosiveness has allowed him to, to just take a step forward the last couple of weeks and really just have a major impact on on the offense and, and how he's been able to produce for you. Yeah, he's been a big plus for us. Uh, I didn't realize he was that high in the country, uh, yards per carry, but four carries for 106 yards in the game before will help, help that average. But but uh, TJ is a, a, a very good running back. Um, you know, when Tavion's healthy, we, you know, Tavion's obviously a, another great weapon for us. But uh, TJ has been running hard. He's done a nice job uh, in all phases, not just carrying the football. He's, he's excellent, probably our best running back at pass protection. And that's that's huge because uh, he's so good at picking up blitzes and, and protecting Cam. Um, he's also a good receiver out of the backfield, even though he's dropped a couple, you know, in practice. He's got tremendous hands. He's just had a couple drops in games that, that are uncharacteristic of him. But uh, as far as him uh, running the ball, He's just starting to come into his own, and the offensive line is obviously doing a great job of uh, opening up holes and, and providing space for him. Not the biggest kid, but he's he's really thick and tough. He's about 5'8", but he's 195 pounds and, and great quickness, quicker than he is fast. Not that he doesn't have good speed, because he does, but his quickness is outstanding. Uh, given <clears throat> the opponent and what is still at stake for you guys, does this feel like more than just another game? Nope, they're all the same. We treat them all the same. We prepare the same exact way. It's meaning structure, practice structure, uh, everything. And that's how you have to do it in the Pac-12 because if you don't, it doesn't matter who you're playing, you're going to get beat if you're not ready to go. And so we approach it the same exact way every single week. Now, you've obviously seen Kalen Thibodeau before, Pac-12 championship other times, but is he a type of player that you know you can replicate with that offensive line and, and being able to know how he works and how do you feel like you can match up against him? Replicate in practice? In the sense of like replicating based off of like how you've seen different players. Is there anything that you can kind of cobble together that way with how he plays? I just know he's really good and real explosive, and uh, he's got the whole package. You know, they say he's a top five pick, maybe the top pick in the draft. He's got height, 6'5 plus, uh, 260, great get off. And that's really the, the key to an edge rusher is get off. That's the number one uh, criteria that you look for in an edge rusher and the number one asset that an edge, edge rusher uh, really needs to be a great one. And so he's and he's athletic. I mean, he could play linebacker. If they wanted him to play linebacker, he could very, very easily do that. Um, 
replicate him in practice? Uh, I know that wasn't part of your question, but that's impossible. You know, if we had that guy, then that guy would be leading the nation in sacks. And so uh, we just don't have that guy right now. An off-field question about Nick Ford. Obviously, this season you kind of put him in a lot of different areas um, on the field, and that kind of speaks to his selflessness as as a person. And I'm kind of curious, off the field, how do you sort of see his selflessness and giving nature kind of permeate throughout the team? Yeah, he's the same way off the field as he is on. He's he's a great teammate. Um, he's come a long way since he's come into the program. He's he's uh, you know he was uh, you know a young freshman that was kind of a wild onion when he got here, but uh, he's really settled in and, and become a a, a very mature uh, leader for us. Um, he can play as you mentioned all all the spots. Does so without complaining. Uh, I believe that's going to help him at the next level. Yeah, that versatility and being able to have that you know alignment. A lineman that can play all five spots is something that uh, you know that uh, makes your value go up. Kyle, uh, Travis Dye seems to be one of those really dynamic backs who can catch it and run it. How, what, what, what are some of the things that stand out to you when you watch him? Exactly what you just said. He's a, he's a dual threat. You know, he can run the football from the backfield. He can catch it out of the backfield, and uh, he's lightning quick. And uh, he's a he's a weapon for him, and he's uh, he's a good player. And we always have to have him accounted for and understand that uh, he can run routes out of the backfield and make sure we got the the coverage uh, in place that can hopefully handle that. Mario Cristobal obviously has good offensive line, kind of what he's known for. But what what do you see from him that kind of makes him so successful, especially recruiting? In a word, recruiting. That's what it's all about at this level. And if you recruit the right way, uh, then you got a chance. They've done an outstanding job recruiting over the last several years, uh, doing a great job this year as well. And uh, tough to outcoach good recruiting. And that's what they're uh, – that's what they've been doing. And they're, that's why they're winning so many games. Not, not to take anything away from them as a staff coaching-wise, but the number one criteria is recruiting, talent level. What do you think about uh, – yeah, we've had some good uh, back and forth. I'm not sure what our overall record is with him. It's probably sub 500. I can't. You know what it is? I don't know what it is. We went up there one uh, a few years back and, and got him pretty good. Uh, we beat him here, what two or three years ago. Four years ago, I can't remember. Uh, we haven't played him obviously every year because you know with the rotation, uh, you miss two of the North teams uh, each year. But uh, they're always talented. They're always, uh, you know, just uh, tough matchups. They're tough matchups uh, every single year. Yeah, good player, really good player, and tough kid. Uh, and the and the quarterback is an outstanding runner as well. I mean, he's he's uh, one of the primary reasons that that run game goes. Is the quarterback is six three, two thirty, or whatever. But but you're right. Um, the other kid, the freshman kid, is is starting to hit a stride. They certainly miss uh, the Verdell kid, but we're all everyone's injured in the whole country. Everyone's got guys they miss, and so. Uh, they've done a nice job of, of having guys step up and uh, pick up the slack. I know that a lot of heads have stepped up Kayvon Thibodeau, but they also have a really good backer, Zach and Warren, Noah Sewell. Sure do. Um, I, I know you guys were, were really high on him, trying to get him to come to Utah. Just what, what stands out by his game? Uh, I just... 
you know, everything. He's got great size, like 260 pounds and moves like a cat. And so guys that big just typically don't move that well. Um, but he is uh, outstanding with his lateral movement, his quickness. He's instinctive. Uh, he's a big play guy. Always seems to be around the ball. Always. And uh, he's just the, you know, what you look for in a, in a middle linebacker is he embodies. I mean, he's got the whole package. Obviously, you know, I, mean, I think if you look at like the, the money lines or whatever, you're expected to be Arizona by uh, quite a bit. Would you rather have more of a game with a lot of adversity going into a game like Oregon, or, or how, how does that kind of shake out? Does it matter? Or? I don't think it matters in particular. I think you build off and and uh, and uh, try to maximize whatever happened in the previous game and try to learn. And you learn in each game, no matter what the uh, outcome or how things went down. And so I think the key is that you always find something that uh, you can teach and teaching moments and, and making your guys better. So I don't think there's any one desirable outcome that you'd like, but uh, except for a win. I mean, that's, that's what you desire. But, but as far as how you win, uh, there's, there's, uh, there's uh, a lot of positives that you can find and teach. And that's when the team is at its most teachable is after wins. You know, they, sometimes they get fragile after a loss. And so after a win, uh, you can coach them a little bit harder and, and uh, point out what, uh, what needs to be corrected. Kyle, your team has <coughs> progressed as, as confidence play has gone on, on third down defense and been able to make a lot of strides in that area. What, what do you feel like is kind of keep that progression and, and strides to where you guys are at the top of the conference in third down defense? I would say the, the development of our freshmen. I think they're getting better each week. Uh, you saw Cole Bishop play a, a great game last week. Van Fillinger plays, seems to play well every week. Uh, Junior uh, Tafuna is, is playing well. And so I think it, the, the primary reason for that is we're starting to grow up at uh, a lot of the positions and, and uh, get better and more consistent play. And the offense has gotten better at third downs as well during the course of the year. And, and really the thing that has been a huge plus is the offensive red zone production. That just seems to be getting better and better. And that really was the difference in the game. Saturday is uh, Arizona's one for four in the red zone and we're five out of six. And that you do the math and that's the difference. So is the run defense improving enough given the challenges you're probably going to face here? Because you we hope so. We'll find out. Every week's a test, and this will be, uh, you know, obviously on paper, our biggest test of the year. So we'll see where we stand. Kyle, what is it that you're most confident in right now about your team? Uh, well, I would say the uh, the chemistry. I know that's not a great answer. It's not it's not tangible, but or, or a, a statistic or whatever. But but the chemistry, the way they're enjoying what they're doing, their work ethic, uh, they're having fun playing together, and uh, it all comes from great leadership. And I think that's the the most key thing that we got going for us. Why are they so? Why is the offense so much better in the red zone? Well, we've worked hard at it because we weren't good early in the year. You know, we had our struggles. And so it's always a point of emphasis, but it became even more a point of emphasis uh, as, uh, as the struggles emerged. And uh, guys are starting to get confidence down there now. And uh, obviously the uh, emergence of Tavion, a big back in the red zone, helps you out. And I think Andy's done a really nice job of putting together the red zone packages and keep things mixed up and, and be less predictable. Coach, with the, with the season winding down, what is kind of the coaching staff focus 
these next well, it's completely focused on Oregon right now. We're not looking at anything beyond that. Um, like I said, it's going to be a, a normal work week, a normal uh, schedule for our guys. But but uh, the key to these last couple weeks is to take them one at a time and not get ahead of ourselves. No reason to get ahead of ourselves. Obviously, this week we got you know one of the top teams in the country coming in. The fact that you might play the same team twice in three weeks is not lost on the fan base. And I think they might assume either team might be holding something back for a higher stakes game in two weeks. I guess there's some merit to that. I don't. Uh, coaches don't think that way, you know. At, at least we don't. And and uh, but you're right. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. We got work to do. We're, we're you know we haven't done anything yet that's that's uh, set in stone. You know we still got uh, football that we need to play and, and games we need to win. But but uh, that scenario could very well play out. In 2019, you only lose <clears throat> one game to win the South. I mean, do you see that similar this year, knowing that Arizona's really still keeping pace, or Arizona State's still keeping pace with you? Okay, say that again. So in 2019, mm-hmm. you could only lose one game or else you didn't win the South. Right. Similar situations going on right now. Do you, do you kind of track that? Do you feel the pressure with that, or how does that work? Well, we got a game-up lead on Arizona State, and really – uh, you can almost say two games because we have the tiebreaker. And so it's a little different scenario than what we had in 19. But we're in the same exact spot conference record-wise right now with just the one loss. But but uh, not quite as tight at this point in time as it was uh, in 19. There's Kyle Whittingham. Now here's BYU coach Kalani Sataki. 20-point favorites over Georgia Southern. But Kalani's name getting linked to the multiple jobs that are open at Pac-12 schools. Here's Kalani. Uh, really excited about the game. Had a good uh, week off um, over the weekend, and uh, saw a lot of the guys um, took advantage of it. We had, you know, good good week of lifting and had a few practices in there. Um, changed up schedule midweek last week just because uh, uh, just looking at what the team needed more than what um, I thought was going to work. I think you had to just kind of play it by ear and see how things are progressing during the week. So we uh, change up, change up a little bit. Um, got some time together as a team, and uh, you know, gave the guys some time off. So uh, back at it, ready for practice and meetings today, and looking forward to uh, you know going out to Georgia and playing a Georgia Southern team. That's really excited to play. I've been to watch the film. They're motivated. They're coming off of a win against Texas State, and. Uh, I see a lot of athleticism and speed on the field, so um, be a good matchup for us. And looking forward to the, to the game being out that way. And then I'm sure we'll see some BYU Cougar faithful out out in in Georgia. So it'll be a lot of fun. I'll take any questions you guys have. Questions for Coach. Go ahead, Mitch. Hey, Kalani. Uh, uh... With all the success you and your program have had during, during your tenure recently, it's led to your name being mentioned as a potential candidate for some notable jobs out on the West Coast, uh, you know, in Washington and even USC. What's your interest level in those coaching vacancies? I, I mean, I, I know why you guys are asking those questions and things like that, but I'm focused on getting our team ready for Georgia Southern playing this game. That's been my focus into the, the entire season is – uh, whether you ask that question back in August, September, October, and now in November, the, the answer is still the same. I'm trying to take this thing week by week and focus on getting these guys ready to play at their best. We have some lineups, some changes in lineups, and, and uh, with health issues, trying to get guys back 
So all my attention can only go to the boys and trying to give the fans what they want this weekend, which is performing at our best. I think we do that. We'll, we'll be happy with the result. With the result. So, but I understand why you asked the question, but that's that's my focus. And just to to, to follow up, uh, I mean, do, does the I know the focus is this week, but but does the upcoming move to the Big Twelve Conference feel like you received a, a job promotion or kind of a new job here at BYU with that? elevated status being in a P5 league in the future? I think that more than anything, it was just confirming what I already knew that our, we have an amazing fan base and, uh, you know, we're a big time program. And, and that just kind of confirms that uh, with the invites to the big 12, but uh, that doesn't happen for some time. And so my focus is just getting the team ready. That's all I care about is getting the team ready for this season this week and we'll just keep it keep it that I I can't control what happens in, uh, a year from now or even two weeks from now. I can only control what happens today and our opponent this weekend, and that's our entire focus on on Georgia Southern. Okay, we'll now have questions from Jay Drew, followed by Jared Lloyd, and then Alex. Well, Ani, as far as going back to the Eastern Time Zone, uh, you did it three times last year. Uh, number one, will you be leaving a day early like normal and also, you know, two days before the game? And also, uh, do you feel like you've learned a lot over the years that it's just really not that big a deal to, to move, to play a game two time zones away? Well, I think there's a, a lot that goes into um, the game. And I think, uh, yes, we will be going uh, a day earlier. And so, uh, what we would do that is, as long as I'm head coach, that's what I want to focus on is getting the guys, uh, you know, acclimated to the time difference. And uh, a lot of that can be said by having two nights of sleep in, in the new time zone. So we're going to do that um, again. So we'll leave Thursday and be ready for that game Saturday. Uh, I think there's a lot that goes into, I think, the way we travel and the fact that we're flying Delta will be huge for us comfortable um so just to think that we have some great partners that make it available for us and, and that that makes it the flight a lot easier getting there and um you know we'll be staying in a nice hotel in marriott so just throwing out all our corporate sponsors out there just so everybody understands <laughs> and then um do you uh as, as far as uh, season-ending injuries, do you have any in injury updates? You said last week that you'd know a little bit more. We will. Specifically uh, on Neil Powell, I guess. Neil Powell won't play in this game uh, against Georgia Southern. And um, I think we're, we're stretching it if it's going to be for the bowl game. So that's uh, as honest as I could be without knowing all the details. You know what I mean, Jay? So <laughs> – I, th I think that's enough information for you guys. I think as, as soon as we know more, uh, I'll let you know, or A-Rod will, or Neil will himself. But I think that's kind of like how we're looking at it right now. We have to wait how the next week progresses. But I think um, it's, it's pretty sure he's not going to play in this game and then more likely not playing in the USC game as well. Kalani, talk about what you've seen from uh, as you prepare for Georgia Southern. What what challenges do they present? Yeah, speed and athleticism. I mean, there's there, there's they're great athletes on the field. You can see it, and that's every position. Uh, they're well coached, and they're 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 motivated. I mean, they they've gone through some adversity, and you can tell that they play close. 
Uh, they, they love each other and they care about each other's teammates. So you see that it's evident on the film. Um, so we're looking forward to a great matchup. I, I know that they're coming off a, off a win, so they got they have some momentum and um, it's a belief. And, and I think when you see what they do offensively, the scheme is, is difficult because it's uh, very similar to what Coastal Carolina did to us last year. And so, um, but they also can throw the ball. They, they get big chunks and, and, and uh, play action pass. But they, they utilize their, their personnel really well. Everybody is a threat to run the ball or be a pitch man. And everybody's a threat to catch the ball too. So quarterback can run and they have a number of them. They can do it. And um, Defensively, they play tough and they're fast, really athletic. That, that's the thing you can, you can notice on that jumps out on film is the athleticism and the speed. When you come off a bye week, sometimes teams are rested and sometimes teams are rusty. How do you make sure you're rested and not rusty? Yeah, I think you have to practice. And I probably the approach last week was for, so we can stay um, on top of everything and not just have a complete week off. You know what I mean? It, it's the uh, doing enough to, to, to give them some rest, but also enough to get some work and make sure that you don't get rusty. And so um, I feel like we're rested. Uh, we'll see what how it looks today, but I'm pretty sure the, the approach – the mindset today would be to, to get ready to roll. And if there's any rust, let's shake it off now. Uh, Saturday's not the time for it to show up. So uh, we're going to have to practice really hard and, and um, be physical at times. And then that's, I mean, it's the tail end of the year, so we have to be smart. But our approach is to try to get better every week. And I feel like we've uh, done that along the way. And then hopefully we can keep improving and getting better this week. And that starts with today's practice. Coach, a few weeks ago, you guys had that stretch where you lost back-to-back games, and, and now, obviously, you're on a three-game winning streak. Um, what do you think has been trending right for you guys um, these last three games where um, you seem to have kind of turned around from that, that funk earlier in the season? I think just looking at, at the, the reasons why we didn't perform at our best and, and, um, and ways to get better. I think an uh, easy thing to do when you – when you uh, don't get the result you want, whether it's a win or a loss, you, you tend to panic and sometimes you overcorrect way too many things and you, you blame things that, that actually have nothing to do with the, the result. For us is to look at the things that, that uh, caused us uh, issues and, and didn't allow us to play at our best and then uh, approach the mistakes and, and, and get better. I think the, the mindset our, our, our assistant coaches took in the meetings and, and improvement practice, you saw it and then in, in the way that we play and then also just the way our, our players are. I mean, they, they're, they're always looking to get better and uh, they can be hard on themselves. I think it's important for me to get them focused on improvement rather than, um, you know, feeling embarrassed or, or upset about the loss. I think you get over it by just getting to work and, and focusing on the next opponent and, and finding ways to get better. So uh, we want to improve and get better regardless of the result. And it just happens that, we, uh, you know, we had a couple games that the result didn't go the way that we wanted it. But, um, you know, sometimes you still win games and, and it did, the, the, the result wasn't as good as you still wanted it. And I think it's important to fix those. So, yeah, focus is just getting better. And then that's, that's what we're going to keep doing, man. I, I feel like we got better last week as a team during the bye week and looking forward to seeing how much better we get this week. Okay, we have a couple questions from Jay Catch. 
Yeah, Coach, you guys faced Coastal Carolina last year, and they kind of had a hybrid offense, a hybrid option offense like you're going to see this week. How different or similar is what Georgia Southern runs to what Coastal Carolina ran against you? Yeah, very similar. Uh, I think they, they do a, a lot of different things, um, but they, they they actually have very similar systems. So uh, I'm not – I can't remember all the details, but I thought, you know – I thought defense did okay last year. I thought we just made too many mistakes as a team altogether that uh, didn't take advantage of opportunities and made some mistakes that took points off the board. So, uh, you know, those mistakes can be costly. We just need to keep learning from it, even if they happened last year. And so the, the goal is for us to be in a better position. I don't think we um, dominate the line of scrimmage like we uh, can. Uh, last last year, so this year, hoping that, that we can get that done. But it's easier said than done. And, and it's getting these guys to buy into just being physical up front and doing it consistently, and, and that's our job to get get the most out of these guys and and have them enjoy the physical part of the game. You've kind of got a unique situation here where both of these final two games you guys are going to face. Obviously, you said you're focusing on this game, but both of these final two games have an interim head coach running these programs. Is there any advantage or disadvantage to that situation? No, all I can go off of what I see on film, and, and when you see a team that's motivated and they, they care about each other and, and, um, and they're excited to be on the field and they're enjoying it, that's what I, I looked at and I said, okay, these guys really love playing this game and that's what we're expecting from Georgia Southern. I can't really uh, speak on everything else, but I know that when, you, when teams go through some adversity, it either, it either uh, breaks them apart or, or binds them together. And, and what I've seen from Georgia Southern is this, this group, they care about each other and they're going to play hard for each other. So uh, we, we need to uh, have that same mindset that we have on our team and, and make sure that we show up and, and that we, we play at our best. Um, I know we're going to get their best. I say it to you guys a lot that, that, that we just need to make sure that they get our best as well. There's Kalani Sataki. When we come back, what is trending? All the headlines. Stay with us.